Hi, I'm Amanda Justice. And I'm Katie Behrman. Welcome to the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Take a dive into shitty Christmas movies. And a time of year where people spend time with people who share similar genetic information. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. Welcome to the North Pole, the North Pole, the North Pole. All I want for Christmas is a Jew. In the studio with Swig. I'm a Jew. <laughs> we have a Jew. Um, Another Jew. We have Sherm Jacobs, incredible New York comedian. Hello. Hey, Sherm, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me and calling me incredible twice. Uh, I can call, I'm probably going to call you incredible more than twice. I won't stop you. Uh, we forced our friend Sherm to watch an incredible film this week. And I'm not gonna lie, that's my favorite that we've watched so far. The this fact that you called that film incredible totally devalues <laughs> you calling me incredible. Or maybe it ups your value. <laughs> uh, it's possible, we'll find yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that in our books you rate as high as Snow Globe is like the highest compliment that we can pay you. Oh, I think it just says a lot about the movies you guys have been watching. <laughs> All right, sure, Snow Globe. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to have Sherm on the show because he is such a great comedian and he did this one bit the other day that was talking about how you were talking about how when you were a kid you grew up in a really Jewish household and every time even the mailman was like, hey, Merry Christmas, your parents were like, you go tell him Happy Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. And that really resonates with me and it's kind of... One of the reasons that Amanda and I are doing this podcast is like not quite seeing eye to eye and like be, I'm a little oh, bit of yeah. a Christmas Scrooge, like sure. born and raised. So I'm really excited to have you on watching this incredible, incredible <laughs> okay. Christmas movie. Is, is that because you grew up in a, in a mostly Christian area where Christmas just like dominated and so you're at a certain point you're like Ugh, enough already? Yeah, and also, I mean, I, I liked being the token Jew, I think, sure. but then there was always just a lot of, like, you know, turmoil and, like, you go tell him Happy Hanukkah. I, yeah. I don't know. It just, like, snow globe. Ugh. Oh, yeah. So we'll start with just some basic facts about the movie because I know you all are dying to hear them. Uh, release date, December 15th, apropos, 2007, mm. if you can't tell by the excellent fashions. Now... If you guys had to guess, where do you think this was filmed? <laughs> oh my god, I was not expecting this question. I feel like, this was part of my, I feel like it, it had to have been filmed in LA. Okay, so also a weird place, but not LA. If it was filmed in LA, do you think that both the actors and the background cast would look like that? That's a real question. Minnesota. As close as you can get to Alberta, Canada. Get the Whoa. fuck out of yes. here. That makes so a, much sense. A town called Springbank, if you guys aren't familiar <laughs> with Canadian geography. <laughs> oh, Springbank. Uh, yeah, no, I have a friend there. Uh, I saw her there. <laughs> so I feel like it was quite obvious that I'm pretty sure they cast 
everyone outside of the family from Canada. Oh, a thousand percent. Wait a minute, and the dad's last name, the actor who plays him, is his name's Canada. It's Ron Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is everyone's last name Canada? I saw that note and I was like, Amanda, you don't need to mention it. So it's uh, directed by Ron Lago Marci, you know. He's Italian, obviously. Yeah, shocking. We, uh, he, he did not write it, but he pretty much did. We chose this movie just for you, actually, because it's one of our favorites. Oh my goodness. We've watched it six, seven times. Thank you so yeah. much. And also, I'm concerned for your mental health. Because <laughs> it's bad. It may be bad. <laughs> it may be bad. I, but it's bad. My argument for this movie, mm. and and we'll see if by the end of this discussion we mm. can Maybe bring you, you over to, yeah. to your side, mm. is that this movie is is not not like so bad it's good, which is fine and true, but yeah. this movie is bad, and it's also a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. slash Twilight Zone Magical episode. Magical realism. Yes, yes. With uh, an insane lasagna-hating twist. Yes. And also, there's like a couple characters that seem to exist outside of the ABC family sensibility that are yeah. sort of as um, confused by the whole thing as the audience is. And I really percent. appreciated that. I also think that the the previous Christmas movies we've watched have been completely unwatchable, and I actually found myself like fairly engaged with it. Yeah. Just like just like kind of interested where it was going to go. I was I felt more compelled than I have in the last three movies that we watched. Well, there's a point, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but there's a point in this movie where uh, I got way more invested than I was, <laughs> where it's like, oh, they're really going there. Here is my argument. Yeah. Because you, like, I believe that at any point, anything, any miniature anything can suck me in and I can be trapped in it. Mm-hmm. The snow globe fantasy that became a nightmare mm-hmm. seems so real. Yeah. And when she's stuck in the snow globe, I am so <laughs> frightened for her. Yes. And I fully, I fully committed to that movie. It's yeah. like I'm walking around, I'm like doing my shit, I'm like eating my popcorn, and then she gets trapped in there, and mm-hmm. it's the moment I've been waiting for, and the drama gets high, mm-hmm. and she doesn't seem that afraid, but I am so afraid for her because yeah. I have seen this Twilight Zone episode, I've seen this, like, I've read this Goosebumps book. Mm-hmm. You're trapped in there forever, and the last line of the book is like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20 exclamation points. Well, do you want to give just like a very quick, because the plot can be summarized so quickly. Do you want to just give a very quick... I do. And I want Sherm to do it for us. Okay. So it starts out, Christina Milian is the daughter of the most Italian family that has ever lived. Afro-Cuban and Italian. Yeah. And Ron Canada is somehow... He's... He is... So he was like born in Cuba. He's like a Cuban man who has somehow like became Italian. Like his accent <laughs> is Italian American in this movie. His wife really squishes his like. She's like, oh, you left Cuba when you were ten. Your culture is not Cuban anymore. She like fully wait Lorraine Bracco yeah Dr. Melfi <laughs> Dr. Melfi <laughs> yeah I actually think it was pro- very progressive in the fact that they never addressed that it was just yeah, like she true. married a Cuban guy yeah daughters are mixed race yeah let's move that's on true. to that's the true. magic to snow globe yeah to Italian <laughs> first of all Italian is clearly the dominant culture but yeah so Christina Milian uh, works at her family's like Italian uh, like deli shop mm-hmm. um, wants more for herself mysteriously receives and she loves 
loves Christmas, she receives a package that is a snow globe, uh, and she sets it on her bedside and twists the music thing part of it, and then winds up in the snow globe, and um, things get crazy. That her. is a great plot summary. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right yeah. There's there's more to it, but um, I guess the synopsis. It's one of those uh, where she thinks she wants something when it turns out it was right in front of her all along. So I guess my question as a follow-up to that is, uh, do you think that the snow globe world is what every Christian Christmas is like? I, hmm. I have so much to say about that. Gosh, I've, I've done one Christmas. And was it in a snow globe? It was, pretty, it was, yeah, I was trapped in a snow globe. Uh, it wasn't dissimilar. This really hit home for Jake yeah. when he was trapped in that snow globe two years ago. Yeah, that radio silence, that dead air was me just having a flashback uh, to being trapped in a snow globe. I feel like, okay, the reason I think this has some like cultural depth is because I think that Christina Milian's like fetishization and like romanticization and even I'd say sexualization of like an ethnically white Christmas, like a Eurocentric Christmas, mm. is maybe some internalized like self-loathing going on. And it's really like, it's just really interesting. Like, it's this super performative Christmas, you know, mall snow. You know, we can get into what the snow globe looks like inside, but I really think it's like some deeper internalized, like, uh, displeasure with like how things are in her family and how Christmas is at her house and like her own traditions. And it is like a really glorifying of this like Eurocentric idea of like hygge or whatever that fucking Dutch word is. I, I think that's incredibly apt. It, it it even extends to, in the beginning of the movie I was confused. I thought it took place in LA because she was like, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. And it's like, you live in New York, it snows. <laughs> but she literally didn't like the like brown color of New York's, you know, dirty snow. And it's not like she grows up in a family that doesn't have Christmas traditions. Oh yeah. They have very strong Christmas traditions. <laughs> including a Christmas lasagna. <laughs> the Christmas lasagna, when they, the last shot of the movie was a goose stuffed with green noodles. First of all, what kind of whack-ass lasagna are you making that you're using long, thin noodles? Yeah. Incorrect, my friends. <laughs> Listen, they this is also... why she hates her family's traditions, because apparently they don't do even lasagna right. The, they phoned in the end of this movie in such an insane way. Because first of all, it's like, oh yes, the compromise of what you want versus what you have. Right. Oh, it's a Christmas goose stuffed with lasagna. And then also, um, uh, she opens Angela's Christmas store. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, so the let's just dive. We have... We do not have to follow any rhyme or reason. We no. do not have to follow any order. But I'll tell you something. The opening opening shot of the salami being gift wrapped yes. shocked me off the couch. <laughs> that was my first note is what is happening with the salami. It yeah. gets me every time. That's mm -hmm. a, I mean, it's not a bad gag, like, in terms of gags. But, like, surprising me with salami was actually, like, it does. And it's not because I don't eat meat. It's because, a like, you never see salami that big. We were watching a projector, and I was like, ah! Yeah, it's a lot of meat wrapped up in a box. Ugh, like, and I always think about, I worked as a, this movie also hits in a weird spot for me because I worked in a sub shop throughout high school. Mm -hmm. So I sliced a lot of deli meat, my friends, and I don't want to go back there. Did you ever, in a daydreamy reverie, uh, slice, slice too, too, much? Way too much meat? Dude, when she was slicing that ham, <laughs> yeah. I was like both like, I looked at Katie, I was like, you know, 
it feels really nice to slice like a lot of meat sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then she, and then I was like, oh, but then I also cut off one of my, like the top of my finger and some ham mm -hmm. one time. So did you know this movie had two writers? <laughs> <laughs> really? It took two people to write it? It took two movie? people to write it. Wow. All right, so I wanted to talk about the opening salami. I wanted to talk <laughs> about how the fact that everyone at the deli kept being like putting in lasagna orders. Okay, so we all live in New York and all of us live in Brooklyn. How many times do you order lasagna from a deli? Yeah. Oh, it's insane. And the lasagna portion of this movie, like the lasagna bit was so strange because it's so, it's like one of the easier dishes you can make at home. I don't think it travels well. It definitely gets cold. No. Like heating it up again is just like not a fun option. But also at some point they transition, they all live in this like big apartment complex in Brooklyn, like down the hallways from one another, I guess. And they bust into Angela, that's Christina Milian's character. They bust into Angela's apartment at some point and they're like, our oven isn't working. Let's bake the lasagnas in your, we got so many orders. Why are they baking the lasagnas back at the apartment and not at the deli with an because industrial all, kitchen? Because all of their ovens, because they had 60 Christmas lasagna orders and That's all their ovens true. were cooking at full speed. But it's also, more to the point, who's ordering Christmas lasagnas? <laughs> it's insane. 60 orders. Seamless was not around That both that seems point. like too much and maybe not enough to really keep the business afloat. Yeah, I don't want to be insensitive to Italian-American Christmas traditions, but it seems like a bit much. There was uh, like a... a, a, a part in the credits where I thought that they were doing outtakes and I flipped out and was like, I was doing other things at that point and I like turned and I was like, whoa, there's gonna be outtakes. And there was only one outtake, which was the uh, younger brother uh, character. Jamie? The, the guy, yeah, <laughs> the like, the more buffoony of the brothers. I think he was her brother-in-law. Brother-in-law nose dives into <laughs> the gingerbread house. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, her family was like super demanding and very codependent. I can see why she would want to escape them and why she like had so much hatred towards them. They were kind of animals. They were kind of animals, but also like they're, the family's acting. We have been watching such insanely bad movies where like the actors do not know that they're on a set or acting or in a movie or who they are personally, uh -huh. that it was just nice to see people give it a try. You know, it was sure. nice to see people put on an accent or say a funny line or like say a delivery with some punch that I was just like, this is, this deserves an Oscar. And like, <laughs> it was pretty good. Like they were pretty funny. Like they were really doing it. I mean, yeah. the over, the, the overacting was, Incredible. Uh, I have important questions to ask both of you. Uh, if you had to choose between the two bows in the film, Eddie, the self-taught self <laughs> architect, which I'd say most architects I know are self-taught, or Douglas. <laughs> Roasted. Or Douglas. Okay, can I say who these characters are? Give us some backstory. All right. So there's a lot of like compulsory heterosexuality in this film, as there always is. Her family is constantly insisting that she gets a man, even though she has a beautiful apartment to die alone in with and a, a really bunch of cats. Best friend. And a really, a really hot really best good friend. Yeah. Hairstyle. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Compulsory heterosexuality. So Eddie is this guy that moved in down the hall uh, in the studio. And I, I guess her family are kind of like landlords to this place too. Yeah, it seems They're like, like they, they kind of manage the building. Yeah. And her, her parents have, uh, like they rent out the studio apartment to eligible bachelors. Right, for so exactly. They keep renting it out to eligible bachelors. And Eddie is one of these. He is 
as Amanda said, a self-taught architect, mm -hmm. and just kind of, and maybe um, a mixologist, as we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, and then Douglas is the is one of the town's people who lives in the snow globe and is just an absolute white cupie doll who mm. might be wearing mascara and blush and is essentially a tabula rasa for all of Angela's like Christmas boyfriend projections. Mm -hmm. He has no personality and frankly I found her flirtation with him incredibly disturbing. Yes. He's, so, not a, he's not a person. He's not a person. Yeah. He is a cupid doll. Yeah. So I guess I'd choose the person. Eddie. Yeah. yeah, there, yeah. It's not even a question. Douglas is like if um, if Will Ferrell's character from Elf weren't funny. There were some like pretty funny moments yeah. with... Like there were jokes in here. Like when he was saying he was from the village and they mistook it for like the West Village or the East Village. Like that was... Yeah, that was and like funny. every time, I, the, I wish there had been a longer montage with Eddie and uh, Douglas because Eddie is the only character that questions anything in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one to not so quickly accept anyone's reality. All right, so we have to talk about, we've talked about Brooklyn. We know Brooklyn. Yeah, we got to get out of Brooklyn. But yeah. let's talk about Calgary. Let's talk about the world that we don't know. The snow globe. The snow globe. <laughs> I... Think about the snow globe all the time. It looks like a prop mall display. Mm -hmm. If only it could be as nice as a prop mall display. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! All the pro all the doors are like not properly weighted. Yeah. Like nothing's properly weighted. Yeah. So everything just kind of swings open as if it's made of paper. It's also like the. There's nothing there. I mean, it's smaller than like a high school production stage. The the whole set is like could fit in our Brooklyn apartment. I mean, it is minuscule, and the fact that I mean, it's so bad. Everything looks like it's made of cardboard, and it's so poorly lit. And like the beautiful inn that they're talking about, with like the warm Christmas goose cooking and like the Christmas tree, it looks like a like a church or community center basement. You know what I mean? It's just like so upsetting. And like the fact that Christina Milian keeps falling in love with it over and over again just makes me feel like sick to my stomach. Like it, like the fact that she can love this so much. Makes me so sad. Yeah, she has to ignore. I don't know that I can't explain. Well, she has to ignore so much yeah. to, uh, or she has to look past so much to get yeah. down with like the uncanny fakeness of this snow globe village. Yeah, you know? that's a great way of putting it. And it's like it, you can sort of justify the unfleshed outness of it by the fact that like, well, it all has to fit into a snow globe, but like. <laughs> But like, yeah, that inn could be, you know, like you walk inside and it's actually like, you know, Grand. roomy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We but. don't even get a peek inside the toy store. People just go in a revolving door and come out with a toy. And it's yeah. like... Uh, not a toy, either mittens or earmuffs. Earmuffs yeah. <laughs> I did. It's a facsimile. I did really love the, the revolving door because everyone just shoots in and out of it and they use it as a prop like a few times. And... What a creative way to solve a two-dimensional set piece. Mm -hmm. I guess What's so. that? Yeah. Don't have enough funding to put anything behind a door? 
just put up a picture of a door and then put a revolving door in the front of it, and then no one will ever know. It is creative. That's why they needed the two writers. You know, that's. I mean, it's just a. It's brilliant. Incredible um, production. Not value, but efficiency. Right. Very absolutely. Creative production. Yeah, it's like Depression era Christmas Village. Yeah. You know. I guess like for me, I felt like she was also using the snow globe as a drug, where you're in this state she where was like sleeping all the time. She was sleeping, and I was wondering like, is her body in like kind of a comatose or a fugue state on her bed while she's in the snow globe? Like, was I she, mean, was she tired all the time when she awoke from her? She, she was snow like, globe no. Tree? She would go out the forest portal and then wake up like panting and out of breath and almost like in a post-coital state. And she was like missing work. She like missed her fucking sister's baby shower. I mean, she like hit rock bottom with this fucking drug. That's true. I think there, I mean, maybe it's, she first started going when she went to sleep, mm -hmm. but then eventually. Her like reality bled into her fantasy. Yeah, and she would just pop in and out. She would sleep all day. Yeah. I know, I think she was in there, like, like, I think if you had gone into her bedroom when she was in the snow globe, she would not have been there. There's not going to be a double body situation? No, because okay. if you recall, there's one time when she comes out of the snow globe standing up. Oh, yeah, she does that a couple of times. So I think it's just that when it starts out, she just goes to sleep and that's when she twists it. But then once she gets a taste and becomes addicted, all all hours of the day, she's just cranking she's that cranking thing it. and popping yeah. in and out. Oh. Yeah, it's, so yeah it's a drug. And then when... So she spends time in the snow globe. She meets the town people. She, she is with them. There's a Christmas goose gag that gets a lot of laughs. And there is this one moment that keeps replaying. The gags in the snow globe are like never funny. Douglas as a, as a character is supposed to be a gag. There's supposed to be a gag with Douglas like, always trying to go back to shoveling because like there's an infinite amount of snow to shovel inside the snow globe. And then there's a couple of times where Christina Milian goes in and out of a room and everyone just repeats themselves over and over again. Yeah. So there's that little like doll-eyed zombie child that turns to her and she's like, Merry Christmas, because she can't really like say the lines very well and that like continues to repeat. Yeah. It's sinister. And it, I, is sinister. <laughs> it is very sinister. You guys, I have a really important question okay. to ask you. I'm going to launch into it. Uh, if your snow globe boyfriend came out of the globe. Oh, shit. And into Brooklyn, where would be the first place that oh you took them? God. Oh, my God. That is such a good question. Do you want to say where Angela took her snow globe boyfriend when, she, when he came out of the snow globe and into Brooklyn? Well, uh, she took him to the right place, which is Times Square in the mall, obviously. She took a cab there because they're fucking made of money, I guess. The lasagna business is booming. I mean, you're selling 60 Christmas lasagna. That's got to be at least <laughs> A year. That's cab fare. It bears saying, also, if, if you haven't seen this movie, that uh, that like okay so she goes into the snow globe and you're like okay you know cool but then and then eventually he comes out of the snow globe and you're like oh shit anything can happen and that, I think that's just that's the, true we mentioning. we usually don't like talk about the movie until now but Jake did text us saying the double snow globe portal really threw me for a loop. Well, that raises the stakes yeah. so high because yeah. then because then worlds are, are colliding. Yeah. Also, botanical gardens, just to ease them into it, is where I would go. Oh, oh that's smart. That's so you could introduce them to different biomes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like not, uh, yeah. you know, city immediately. Yeah. Well, and they've never seen... Uh, 
the world. Yeah. So it's interesting that Christina Milian's character is like, "Aren't you having an existential crisis right now?" Oh yeah, that was such a funny line. That yeah. was so, so meta. I think the funniest line in the movie was, um, uh, "Haven't you ever heard the expression, 'It's a nice place to visit, but I'm trapped in a freaking snow globe'?" <laughs> <laughs> That's such it's a like good a great line. line. <laughs> it's a really good, yeah. Two writers, man. And and yeah, then when they're and then when they're going through the um the when like the girlfriend like she's you're my friend you're my friend you're my my friend, and he points to Eddie. Douglas yeah. points to Eddie. He's like, "You're my friend," and he's like, "Not so much." Uh, <laughs> that was great, uh, but yeah, botanical gardens. Um, I did enjoy. They they had like kind of a fun montage when um, Christina Milian took Snow Globe Man to the mall in Manhattan. Call him Douglas. Yeah. Douglas, you're right. Sorry, he he didn't know how to use an escalator. That was mm-hmm. good. He loved escalator. hot dogs. It was just like there was a there was a mon- there was like a, a security guard that got involved. It was like a bumbling good time. But yeah. I was thinking like uh, maybe Staten Island Ferry, so that I could sequ- sequester him out at sea. Not to explain him to your friends. He wouldn't get lost on like the, because she really... she has Eddie babysit him at one point. She's like, I can't handle him, and Eddie is still into her after she's like, Hey, can you babysit my um, simpleton boyfriend from a snow globe? And he's still hot on her. It's like crazy. Well, I think two two reasons for that. Yeah. One, if she's coming to you for that it's still potentially totally on. Like That's clearly true. there was something yes. wrong. This yeah. is not, a, this is, he could see that this was a sham relationship because yeah. Douglas is not a human being. And then also um, she's so hot, which is which is part of, she like gets, she like dresses up in like a negligee oh, to try to seduce yes. Douglas. Can ABC family see? show titties like that? It's I don't crazy. Think they did. We stopped the movie and we're yeah. just like, Astonished. Both yeah. of our jaws just hit the hit floor. Hit the floor. Yeah, she's so sexy. I mean, also, forget Douglas. For him to be interested despite her horrible family, you know, you're gonna you're gonna deal with a, this weird boyfriend. For That's sure. it's like a fine. Really good point. Your, mo- your family's a nightmare. Yeah, he was charming them through and through. He he was a really good sport. That was the sexiest game of Jenga I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I've they seen were also sexier. playing it very wrong because they just kept. Scr- I've never said Jenga while Jenging. It's obvious when Jenga happens, you don't have to shout it out. The things fall. It makes a lot of noise. You don't That's scream true. Jenga at the same I time. I think you do. I, I think you do. Scream. I think. I know I do. <laughs> I scream you... Jenga even when I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I scream Jenga when I come. I knew it! That was, that yeah, was an A to B. It was yeah. an A to B. It was yeah. an A to B yeah. from your snow globe dick. Well, I think, I think Katie's reading of this movie is is very compelling. That it's it's like, she, you know, Her it's not that she wants Christmas. She wants a white, she wants a, a Euro uh, Anglo white Christmas. Yeah. I thought a really funny movie, or a really funny moment in this was... um. When she was first in the snow globe and was at the inn, and she they cut to her um, telling the story of Jesus. I was just about to bring this up. It was, so first of all, this is the first time Jesus has been mentioned in any of the Christmas movies it's we've watched. It's true. It's the first time. See, my argument for Christmas movies are that they're not religious. They're about a fake cultural right. feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then they then the people in the Christmas fucking snow globe village say... We've never heard this before. Uh, and know. it was this hilarious like meta moment of like, yeah, Christmas is fucking fake. And it's it just like a, so an American, meta. like Eurocentric, capitalist, performative Christmas. It Very was religious. It was, yeah. 
What what was your take on that? Was like I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was just weird. And then what a way to end the story. And then everything worked out. Is like very yeah. funny. And I guess there's no good out from that story. But yeah. then but then what was weirder to me was where she was like, I'm sure one of you has a story, which oh. is just such a weird thing to say <laughs> in conversation. Like, say anything else. I don't know. It was just very odd. Right. Like a story right. about what? I don't know. Like, right. Yeah. Right, She's right. clearly good at forcing people who don't want to talk into conversation, as we see with at Douglas. the family dinner. Yeah. Well, no, I, uh, oh, with yeah. her family. Yeah, you're right. When she's like, so how's the job search going? And her brother's like, don't give me the second degree. Oh, my. I wrote that I down. That. Uh, don't yeah, give me the, the What's with the second degree? It's not even the first degree. Maybe if he had his first degree, we wouldn't be in this conversation. Hey! This movie would have been a great comedy. Does it that make jokes. sense? It does, but it's because it's like, it's not anything because it's a family movie. It's an ABC family right. movie. That's right. the yeah, genre. It would have been a great horror. It yes. would have been a great yes. sci-fi. It yes. would have been a great comedy, but it straddles all of those, and maybe that's what makes it special. That's, it's all three. Yeah not doing any any of them particularly well. We have a segment where we like to talk about food we like to eat with the movie. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you guys think? What would you, if you were watching this in the perfect condition, what would you chow down upon? Okay, I would get a Stouffer's lasagna and a rotisserie chicken from a grocery store, and I would stuff the Stouffer's lasagna into the rotisserie chicken. That sounds like a winning combination if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Um, and then have wash it down with a tall glass of lactate nog and whiskey. <laughs> okay, so I have I have a pretty similar answer. Uh, like I think, I think what they eat in the movie, like yeah, a goose stuffed with lasagna like, <laughs> and yams, too much yams, too much, and eggnog. And then here's my twist with literally whatever else is around. Because he's like, <laughs> yeah. here's a perfect cocktail. It's eggnog and schnapps. And she's like, this is amazing. And then he's like, here's another perfect cocktail. It's eggnog and brandy. So she's, she's like, like this even is amazing. better. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, so we're just putting shit in eggnog. Yeah. Cool. Eggnog and gin. It's yeah. going to be great. Ugh. With some cranberry juice. Eggnog and Mickey's 40. Yeah. Oh, yum. Yum. Favorite quotes? Did you write any oh, down? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, definitely my favorite was. And the... a requirement is to act them also. So okay, yeah, um, give it, give it, give it to us. So Sherm. okay. Well, I did the. I said the um, the the crapped in a trapped in a <laughs> crapped in a snow <laughs> globe. Wait, Jake, have you ever crapped in a snow globe? I've crapped on a snow globe. I have okay. crapped in a fireplace, but that's for another episode. Uh, <laughs> Douglas, this is not tree related in any way. <laughs> and then she's like, all of the answers are. Yeah. Um, oh, the charades was fun. Yeah, I was that, laughing at yeah, that. Yeah, that was great when it's a Christmas tree every time. How can you have Christmas without any shouting? Uh, I like that <laughs> one a lot. Um, it's really good acting. And thank you so much. Uh, it's about as good as the acting in the movie. Uh, yeah, oh, and then also when Eddie is like, uh, when Douglas is, when they're at the zoo and Douglas is like, what are those? And Eddie's like, uh, hippopotamus. Hippopot they're hippos. I like that. Eddie was pretty funny. It did look like he was just a reasonable guy that they yeah. took off the street who is like pretty funny. And then we ask all of our uh, beautiful angelic guests, did you feel the joy of Christmas? I did. Wow. I, fe I felt it. There was a lot to cut through. There was a lot of other things that I was feeling, but yeah, when when they all come together as a family, because isn't that what Christmas is all about? Isn't that what Christmas is all about? <laughs> it's what I think. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really heartwarming. Yeah. yeah. 
sometimes the movies sort of say that it's like about baking cookies. It's never about, you know, I don't know, I guess Jesus, but it's mostly mm. about like baking cookies or family time togetherness. Yeah, I mean, she wanted out of a very oppressive family. Yeah. And like most, you know, I, I can relate to feeling, you know, smothered by my family. Um, but you just need to find that balance and compromise and realize yeah. what you have is so special. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I feel that. Move across the way. Move across the street. You know what? It was, like, really warm inside. It, like, when they were all having dinner together, it was, like, a really warm, nice meal. It looked like she was in a nice apartment. I but don't know. But is that the Christmas spirit? I'm sort of, I'm sort of... It's always real estate envy at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's, in the end, it's always real estate envy. I, I guess not really. But I really like the movie. I just, I don't know. I don't think that I, like, because the snow globe wasn't real. And then all of the shots of New York were like, you know, it didn't really show it in like a, it's prime Christmas time glory. Like there was no Rockefeller tree. There was, was no, it was Canada, you know, so they didn't have much but snow. <laughs> they don't have much snow in Canada. What are you kidding me? They don't have much, we're at New York in Canada. Well, maybe if they tried a little harder, I'd feel the Christmas spirit. Fair enough. Yeah. I'd say uh, I love this movie. I don't know if it makes me feel the joy of Christmas either, but I really love it. I love it too. I think it's so uncanny. I get so I re I remember how it ends every time. She obviously gets out. She doesn't die in the snow globe, but <laughs> the fear does grit me really yeah. hard. So, sure. Thank you so much for joining us and watching this movie with us. Thank you for having me. We're we loved it. We had a great time. Where can people find you? Uh, well, uh, at my website, shermjacobs.com, I've got all of my show dates uh, and stuff there. I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at shermjacobs. Um, and that's pretty much it. I run a weekly show in uh, Two Boots in Williamsburg called Ambush Comedy, and a monthly comedy variety show called Comedy by Proxy. Um, so check all that out on the website. It's great fun. Thanks for coming. Our theme song was by Toth. Thanks, Toth. You can find us at the North Pole Podcast on Instagram. Rate us on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, do the whole thing uh, so we can do this again next year. Katie, you, you want to uh, sing us out? All I want for Christmas is you, baby. <laughs>